The Money You Can Wear, the Sonic the Hedgehog collection. Wow. Store wow. your gold in big old rings that you wear around your arms, maybe. Yeah, no, I actually love that idea. Yep. It's always on you. You get it, like, built onto you, so it can't. it's not even big enough to get out. And so then uh-huh. like, people have a bunch of excuses to cut off your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Yeah, anybody that's got gold, I want the excuse. You think there's ever any ever been a situation like that, like in history, where somebody like kept their wealth? Like, like jewelry is the storage of wealth, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Duh. But like, clearly, it, has anybody kept like thin bangles equivalent to like, oh, you need four Roman dollars? Clang, 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 right off my wrist. Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> I don't know about my next fantasy novel. That's the currency right there. I like that. I like jewelry money. <laughs> Roman dollars. That's what we'll call them. Roman dollars. <laughs> oh, but it's set on the the moon Titan. <laughs> would you like would you like IV Roman dollars? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Gross. I would I always think like, hmm, if is could is there a Roman numeral that looks like the word cookie, but there isn't? I just feel like I should, like, if I converted cookie to Roman, like, how many is that? Because C is, like, 100, right? And yeah. And like, but they don't have a concept of zero. <laughs> so, I think it's not, I don't think I can eat a Roman numeral cookie. Yeah, they're also not, like, a, uh, they're not a number system that uses placement to, like, denote uh, <laughs> amount. So, it would, you, putting them in order like that would, with, like, zeros in a random part in the middle wouldn't help you anyway. But what if there was a Roman letter O and it meant... That meant, like, 2 million... Subtract 25. Okay, so, like you would, so you'd be down to 50 well, by the time you got to K. Yeah. And then K is, like, a, a, thousand, a thousand kilograms. Yep. And then uh, I is obvious. And it's then one. E. Yeah. But because it comes after the thousand, it means a thousand and one. But the E is the scientific exponent thing. And so... Yeah, it's, it's like MC when squared. It's MC squared. It's when your calculator breaks when you're trying to do hmm. too intensive math. And uh, so that's how you spell cookie in Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. Hi, Nick. Hi, Caleb. Oh, my back hurts. <laughs> oh, no. Why does oh, it? Oh, my back. What? What's wrong with your back? Oh, uh, I just I just got done with a limbo competition. <laughs> oh, you're obsessed with doing limbos, Caleb. Yeah, I spent the last couple days doing limbos the whole time. You should recognize that it's no longer a collegiate or even intramural sport. Like, you oh, don't. That's not true. Oh, I mean, I, I only say I only say that's not true because uh, <laughs> because I, you, I, you don't believe that you don't because, you ne- because you need to acknowledge it and you won't. Why were you? Why were you limboing? <laughs> well, I was limboing because I wanted to be the next limbo monarch. What does that? I wanted to be the next. The next person who's on top of the limbo ladder, the one who's in charge, they're called the limbo monarch. Okay, all right. And uh, here in New York City is where mm. they hold the uh, annual coronation. That's convenient. Okay, yes. And so the way that it's the way that it's structured, which makes perfect sense, and I really would appreciate if you didn't look too deep into it, Not is doing it. I don't want to ask any questions. They set it up like it's a it's a coronation party, and the party okay. happens before the coronation, but there's it's it's a party for an assumed coronation. So you're celebrating the crowning of someone you don't know who's going to get crowned yet. Interesting. And the celebration itself is actually the competition. That's kind of uh, like signing the terms and conditions, like when you open up an application. Yeah. And it's like do all this, and you're like, I don't want to read anything ever let alone this so fine <laughs> and that's sort of like saying yeah whoever's 
monarch is monarch. I don't care. Let's limbo. But then the I think there are potential ramifications of that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, like every once in a while, you end up se- like celebrating. You celebrated all weekend. You've competed, and then some like real dingus becomes like the king, the like lean king, uh-huh. and. And you have to, you realize you've like celebrated for like uh, days uh, for like this guy, you know? And then, yeah. And then for the rest of your life, he can be like, he can be like, hey, remember that time you party for four days for me? And you're just like, oh, God, I like, don't even like talking to you. I don't, don't want to know about you. I definitely don't want to see you do the moves. Mm-hmm. And I know that you heard me say Lean King. That's because like we call ourselves leaners mostly. Well, I like that. Yeah. Limbo is like, uh, you know, it's got a lot of religious connotations. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Never thought about it that way, but that is definitely something that we need to consider and be like really thought. Okay, so so anyway, um, your ba- do you need like some tiger balm or like what do you need for your back? Oh no, my back is like uh, it'll be fine. It'll get better. I just wanted to tell you about how the like weekend went with all of us leaners. Please do. Uh, and well, I guess long story short, um, <laughs> one of one of my one of my friends, Melissa, won. Yes. Yeah, and so they uh, they declared her yes the Queen of Leaners. I did see that one from about 15 feet away. Not a mile. <laughs> Not a mile. It took me a little while to get there, but I <laughs> did see it. <laughs> well, you know, the, the only thing that hurts less than your back is we're back, baby. Um, we <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Your Two Show. Your Two Show. A th- something that happens periodically where me mm-hmm. and Caleb talk about things we've watched and we make you listen to it yeah this is a and you've you're subscribed and you still have a subscription and you don't have a choice you have to listen to it still (laughs) this is i guess technically this is a rewatch podcast uh if you're trying to classify it (laughs) alongside Mm -hmm. podcasts that you know we uh are watching sonic underground uh as a lead up to a new I want to say season Uh-oh. of your two show um, where we are going to change the format up a little bit. We've been having ideas, huh? Yeah, they're just keep being all these ideas. Sometimes you can't help but have an idea. Um, <clears throat> do want to apologize briefly, just very briefly, for not telling y'all that we weren't going to do a podcast for a long time. Um, I think they knew. We didn't know. I think, I think they knew. Well, you knew, but we didn't know. Like, we kept thinking <laughs> we were going to do one. And then uh, Caleb moved to the uh, the big city. Mobius. Um, uh, you know, I got some got some cats. Mobotropolis. Mobotropolis. Mm-hmm. And um, it's great here. It's the smog, though. Yeah, it's not good. They would like to have it not that, but it is the big city. It's great, but it's not good. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, just a bunch of stuff has happened. But you know, if you still want to hear us talk about some cartoons, we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna talk about cartoons we're, like we're gonna... just. So much. A ridiculous amount. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, hey, 
What did we watch today? Today we watched an episode of Sonic Underground. We watched episode 10, also known as episode 7, depending on where you're looking. See, there's a lot of confusion, and we got really twist-turned around trying to figure out what we should even do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, unfortunately, Sonic Underground is no longer available on Hulu, which is where we were watching it before. But uh, we found, like, most of the episodes are on YouTube. Most of the episodes are on YouTube, which would also be where I recommend you watch them. But the interesting thing is that the official like episode numbers are not the same as the episode numbers we were watching before, which I know a few of our listeners told us about at the time. Right. Um, but when we were trying to go back into it and we didn't have that list just ready for us, finding the actual ones we had already seen and watched them in that order was very hard. Yes. So instead, we just did a search for episode 10 because that's what our notes told us was the next one. And we watched that one that we found. And it's called... It's called The Deepest Fear. Yes. And the, the, I guess the thing is that, like a lot of kids' shows from this time, it kind of doesn't matter exactly what order you watch them in, apparently. Yeah. The first couple really made us feel like it was going to. Like, the first couple of Sonic Underground had um, a really obvious, like, growth to them. Yeah. But they since then, they've been pretty, like, uh, week to week, here's a new challenge. Here's a new thing for y'all to learn how to do and live. Yes, exactly. And just the sort of, like ongoing persistent almost limbo like struggle against recurring evil limbo in uh the the religious sense or limbo in the like folding sense both you can't stop narrowly dodging a stick is there a traditional limbo song i'm trying to think of one now like what is the thing that they play during limbo when you're like a kid uh is there one that goes like aiko aiko ande is that a limbo song is that a limbo song or um i feel like Dump, 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 get under the stick. Dump, 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 get under the stick. That one's... Is that one? <laughs> that one's a classic. I love the part where he's like, get under the stick. Dump, 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 get dump, under dump, the dump, stick. Under the stick. Let's see. Everything's better. No. Everything's better d- when you are flatter under the stick. <laughs> <laughs> okay when i play kingdom hearts there's a couple of kingdom hearts games that only use this like bad midi version of under the sea yeah and especially kingdom hearts chain of memories you have to be in this world for so long and also it's almost like a punishment they should warn you about because the later you choose to do it the longer the level is and you like pick the order of the levels and we left that one for late because we hated it but it turned out that it got really long and you had to spend like multiple hours i think we must have had a combined total of like 10 hours only listening to this like what and it starts right there every time they do the battle. <laughs> how do they do it so bad it's really <laughs> bad <laughs> so i just you like brought back some really painful I'm memories sorry. i'm sorry about that uh, um mm. i guess we should talk about the episode though yeah let's do that The episode itself is called Deepest Fear and yes. begins with a nightmare. Yeah, well, you don't know it's a nightmare, but it seems very realistic because Sonic, as usual, is the captain of a ship. Mm-hmm. And a, he's got a peg leg as well. Mm-hmm. And he speaks, he says the instead of you. Mm-hmm. And he sees, as usual, one of as the, the most usual. horrific. As the usual. Mm. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Stupid. 
I can't stop thinking about that now. Okay, um, <laughs> he sees a really bad drawing of a monster uh, that's attacking him, with he calls Moby Deep, mm-hmm. and then he kind of wrestles with this like big, scary alien-looking, you know, octopus. Do you think somebody was nervous about seeing the title of the classic novel Moby Dick uh, on this TV show, and they? were like it probably would have been fine but like nobody wanted to look up the law you know nobody wanted to go like find out <laughs> and so they were just yeah. like they were just like moby deep i think Let's moby, moby, moby deep. deep now did they, did they say moby deep or was it mobo deep it's moby deep it's moby deep because we thought they were saying mobo deep at the beginning Mm-mm. like a mobotropolis moby no i think it's moby okay yeah. but moby still works because of mobius like they didn't they didn't have to change that part yeah, and because uh, the, later on we find out that the sea monster is, a, is an accomplished electronic musician. I don't want to talk about this. Um, so the la- <laughs> so he gets sucked underwater in like a whirlpool and then wakes up and he's like on his bed going like, uh, no, too wet, ah, can't swim, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thereby doing the narrative purpose of reminding the audience that he can't swim. Yes, exactly. So... Manic wakes him up, and you find out that they are on their way to a distress call that they have received in this big van, this big metal van that they have that I'm not actually sure if they've had it in other episodes, but now they've got this big, like, moving yes. base. Yep. It's kind of like the turtle van. <laughs> it is actually... It's like the Ninja Turtles van. It looks a lot like the turtle van. Yeah. Um, and they are on their way to Port Mobius, uh-huh. I think it's called. That's what it's called. Yep. And uh, at Port Mobius, they're going to find out what's going on. And oh no, a bug. Oh, you oh, got a bug? Oh, sorry, that's a scary bug. I want to tell, uh, just pull back the curtain on a little bit more and say that um, this is the first time that Caleb and I are recording at a distance. Usually we're in, the, we've every other time we've done this, we've been in the same room and mm-hmm. now we don't live in the same place. And so we're looking at each other on a video call and he's dealing with a bug and I can't see the bug. And so if it yeah. seems like I was unempathetic or like I was mm-hmm. like not treating his, you know, uh, concerns with respect. We were going to get a lot of letters about that. Everybody really cares about me and the way that you treat me. I do care about that, too. And I just want to be clear that it's because I couldn't see the bug. I couldn't help. I felt helpless. Uh, you know, and so I just sort of just sat here and had to just, like, see part of my friend's face in, in a little video box as he deals with who knows what on the other end. What could, yeah, who, what could it possibly be? So that's just where we're at. What else happens? Sonic finds out, Sonic finds out that Port Mobius, by virtue of being a port, is near the water. It's near, I believe, the Mobian Sea. That comes as something of a surprise to him, mm-hmm. sort of an unpleasant surprise, because I don't know if you know this, Sonic can't swim. And then Sonic begins to deal with some anxiety, and mm-hmm. he runs out of the truck and decides to run to Port Mobius on his own. Yeah, he's kind of like, ooh, don't want to be inside this car. Well, I guess if I, I'm just going to run, wee! <laughs> and he's being really weird to his siblings like mm-hmm. almost like they have not talked sufficiently about his like legitimate fear he's trying to play it off and be like oh water huh well no big deal but i do want to just like be anywhere else bye <laughs> and sonia says she says well, i knew he didn't like water but now he's acting like he's actually scared of it i think she says that a little bit later but yes um it that does come up in this episode mm-hmm. revealing that they have not 
talked about his greatest weakness, which makes sense. Like, how often do you really want to be like, hey, everybody, here's the thing that you could use to ruin my life if you wanted. I Yeah, there are several things I explicitly try never to talk about because I just don't want people to know that they bother me. Mm-hmm, like, um, like, like, you want to just like, <sighs> I'll say one, I'll say one. If you're making muffins and there's like a foil wrapper, I don't like that. This is not how I expected this to start. I don't like that. You hate the foil wrapper on yeah, muffins. Yeah. Like, Are you nervous that you're going to eat the foil? Well, it's a fe- it's a fear, and it also feels really sharp. Sort of, I'm like worried about it being sharp because it feels like metal. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But I actually don't like that. Is there anything that you're afraid of that you want to now confess so that people can use it against you? What am I afraid of? Um, okay, this one's like kind of an old one. Okay. But you, you know that you know that game Break the Ice? Uh-huh. The like board game Break the Ice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you like get a hammer, you like knock these little ice cubes out of this tray. Yeah. And they were held up by these little stick legs. And the stick legs are in the shape of these like little kind of cross shape. They're like uh-huh. uh, very thin crosses. And the version of Break the Ice I had, I, from what I understand, you could get kind of a grab bag of different colors. The version that I had had these like little tiny cross-shaped legs that were this like horrible orange. Mm. And when I was a kid, anytime I saw them, I wanted to throw up. And I still think about them wow. sometimes. Oh my gosh. And so like, so like it, I, what I really, I guess what I'm saying is one of my biggest fears and weaknesses is the, the board game Break the Ice. <laughs> because it will make me so nauseous that I can't function. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that this has never come up. You know that we've never tried to play that game together. I, I, well, you've been really gracious, never introducing Break the Ice into my household. You're welcome. And the you're popular welcome. party game. Yeah, just a moment ago when you were like, uh, I, "Well, here's one. It's kind of an old one. Um, his name is Cthulhu. He has all these legs and arms <laughs> and stuff. He's like kind of an old one." <laughs> he's sort of an old one and he like does not have any regard for humans and so like uh, i don't really know and actually like we we used to, like choose a word to talk about it but it's like not really you can't really say it and like you know that kind of bugs me it's like what do, well what do i even call you i mean am i even, it's like well what's the word am i even naming my fear correctly like i don't want to you know yeah and i can't face my fear unless i can name it and that's one of the big power powers that cthulhu has and one of the big lessons of this uh show in a certain mm-hmm. way, <laughs> because after dealing with a dream Cthulhu, uh, yes. he has to deal with the real terror of like just going near water. And actually, I, d- I think we should talk about that. The dream Cthulhu, the drawings, it's, the drawings of this whole episode yeah. were really, really good. Yes. But the dream Cthulhu was very scary and like <laughs> very like squishy looking. I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the episode, we see a lot of new Mobians, a lot of people living by the port. And basically everybody that lives near the port is like a weird squishy bug. Yes. Yes. Very different. I like, I appreciate the, the many kinds of people present in this world and in this show but today's were a little bit they were a lot yeah they were a lot to look at in the city there are a lot of mammals there are a lot of reptiles there are a lot of normal things yeah that you would like expect and then closer to the port it seems to be like animals that are sort of made up or are like bugs or are like a combination of different animals uh-huh. In a way that makes them kind of eerie to look at yes one of the things that sends sonic speeding away i wanted to mention is that uh Manic says we're going to this place where the the myth of Moby Deep, Deep. yeah, are originated, and Sonic is like, but Moby Deep lives there. Like, I can't go there. And Manic says, "What are you talking about? That's just an old wet story." Incredible, <laughs> an old wet story. Incredible. The script in this episode is very good. They say a lot of weird stuff that I really yeah. liked, <laughs> and that 
is entering the, my personal linguistic canon. Oh, that's just an old <laughs> wet story. You don't need to worry about that. Sonic goes to this town and he sees a statue that's meant to be a statue of Queen Alina. Mm-hmm. It says it's like the Queen Alina memorial statue. There's like a there's like a blanket over there's like a big sheet, a big white sheet over yes. the statue. And when he goes to touch the sheet, the sheet like rolls forward and it has Dingo's face and Dingo oh. is the sheet. Oh. And he flings himself at Sonic to try to wrap around him. His transformative ability is repeatedly like it's the highlight of this show in a certain way mm-hmm. because they find three or four things to turn him into per episode that are just like he becomes a, a buoy later on. He becomes a door. <laughs> he becomes a door that when Sonic tries to grab the knob, it like morphs and like grabs his hand instead, mm-hmm. which is a pretty genuinely creepy thing to do. This it's is- also strange because was he transformed into a door that could transform? Like, was that the thing he was turned into? Yeah, or see, I don't- was there like residual transformation energy? I don't know. We still don't know the rules and there don't really seem to be any. <laughs> no, there don't seem to be any. I, you know, because you'd think maybe it was illusions, but it seems like he's getting no, he, like completely rewritten on a molecular level. Yeah, and especially the illustration uh, when he is when he comes into their little like uh, evil port area, mm-hmm. and he's the the buoy, and then he gets transformed back. That animation shows like basically he's being deconstructed into his constituent particles like in a glowing mm-hmm. cloud that like mills around and then he became himself again it was it's pretty powerful technology but it always keeps his face that is super weird mm-hmm. and gross and when it's the blanket and then when he they pull the blanket all the way off and he's just standing there yeah. as a blanket like full-on <laughs> pac-man ghost style well, because the reveal in that moment that was that for a second I thought he was under the blanket, right? right. Because it's a statue. And so you think, oh, Dingo's the statue. Yes. And then the blanket slides off the statue and the statue uh-huh. is there revealing that Dingo is just the blanket. And it was a really, really like well choreographed like reveal. It absolutely moment. got me. I was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sonic runs around for a little while while uh, he is chased by Dingo and Sleet. Yeah. There's a couple of really funny moments some dialogue moments he stops in front of a crowd of people from the port and is like anybody here from the resistance and they all (laughs) pull pull out a gun gun. yeah right (laughs) to attack him um but he ends up getting saved by sonya and manic who come and bust through the wall Mm -hmm. and take him out and they run further out to the port where they find this big like ship where shows are usually put on this like big uh fancy theater ship yeah it's got like almost like a like a carnival ride look when i first saw it i was reminded of the like um but there are these like beautiful towers Mm -hmm. i think in russia okay and it looks like those and it also is reminiscent clearly of the design of the yellow submarine yeah yeah beetles thing Mm because there's like the the big emblem on the side of the boat and it's very very pretty yes and that is where Captain Squeege lives. Captain Squeege. Captain Squeege. Captain Squeege is pretty incredible. He's an he's a sea sponge in mm-hmm. like a big blue jacket and a cap. He sounds like the guy at the beginning of SpongeBob SquarePants. He does. Who's like, "Are you ready, kids?" And then he but he is a sponge. And so I think this show like as we've covered, Sonic contains the seeds, the germ, mhm. The sponge. Of all popular culture. Yes, especially Sonic Underground. And here we have found the origin of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> but they, they were like, okay, let's do a show about Captain Squeege, but I guess, you know, 
like in in the development process, they sort of realized that they were trying to put too much into one character, and they needed to split him up into sort of mm-hmm. two component pieces to make the show flesh out a little bit better. Yeah, I wonder if this like after the voice actor did Captain Screech, yes, because um, it definitely was him. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely Tom Kenny. Really, Tom Kenny. He <laughs> he, uh, he did Captain Squeeze and he left, and he it was just stuck in the back of his mind. And he was like, "This character has to exist." I just can't shake the feeling of being a sponge and also a pirate. Also a pirate. I just can't shake the feeling, and I also can't, can't shake off the feeling. And I also can't shake the sensation of falling into a tub of water. And then saying, I hate when this happens, as my my body absorbs all the water out of the tub. So I do want to talk about the, like, really interesting work put into the design of this port and this world. Because the fact that his ship is, like, a theater ship Uh is just an interesting, like, world detail that doesn't actually matter very much to the plot. It's just an interesting piece of the world. Well, I think it works for the plot, though, because it it fits into the, the idea that Robotnik is against fun Mm -hmm. right and they they this episode has one of the like many sort of explicitly anti-fascist like Mm -hmm. uh, uh proclamations like this explanation of oh we haven't done a show in a long time because the people of the town have gone to robotnik's side yeah it's implied that they're not allowed to go to shows if they side with Robotnik, and they go, well, why is that? And it's because Robotnik has convinced them that he can protect them from Moby Deep. Yes, Moby Deep, the very terrifying sea monster Mm -hmm. that has been destroying ships, apparently. Yes. And I think this is really cool, because first of all, it sets up that sort of classic mob dynamic of, like, you have to pay us protection money um, so we don't destroy your home mm-hmm. or your boat. Um, but it also does affirm, like you said, the idea that the reason Captain Squeege is the leader and only member of the resistance in this town is because he's the only one that really cares about art. And sees through it. Like, sees through it to his... Or either... He doesn't quite see through it necessarily, because I don't think he's sure. Like, he doesn't want to take the boat out in case it gets attacked. He does think maybe it's going to get attacked, but he's like, but I'm not giving up on my craft. Yeah. yeah, and he's also, it's not wrong to see that boats are getting attacked. He just has noticed that it's definitely not Moby Deep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or probably not Moby Deep. Yep. Um, and I do like that the show has such a commitment to the idea that art is the way that you fight fascists, like music and theater, and that those people are the ones you should be looking to, yeah. to like be the ones telling you whether or not somebody is doing something evil. Yeah, I guess so. And and to just like be courageous. Like the trick, it, like the the the, what happens in the rest of this is that they discover that quote unquote Moby Deep that's been attacking the the ships is a submarine mm-hmm. um, run by Robotnik's people and Sleet and Dingo in this particular case. There really is a Moby Deep, but he's just like a chill whale. <laughs> he's like a really chill, nice whale who has one of the best lines of the show so far. Yeah. And it's when Sonic says, Hey, aren't you supposed to be like a giant scary monster? And Moby Deep says it's hard to be what people expect you to be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or hard to be what you're supposed to be. Well, and he also, uh, I, I love that. And I love when he says, uh, he's like, thanks for the ride, Moby Deep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just very chill. But, so so the thing is, that the, the trick here is that like, cur- you know, unfortunately current U.S. President Donald Trump is doing with like the migrant caravan 
in things in our in our country mm-hmm. and as this as they have done uh, throughout history strongmen leaders create problems that they say they can protect you from yes yeah. like you incite violence or you create the specter of a monster and you say i'm this monster was always here don't you remember this mm-hmm. has always been a problem or it's a new problem that's just arisen and i'm the only one who can help you and that is the, like a, a classic pattern of, of uh, uh, fascist leaders to like do harm unto your citizens mm-hmm. and then offer the one out. They did a great job of mapping this onto the town too, right? Because the Queen Alina statue has now become actually a Robotnik statue that's mm-hmm. still labeled with the Queen Alina plaque. Yeah. Um, and the, so it's almost like, it's almost like this weird, scary, like backhand of like the Queen Alina Memorial or whatever it is. The yeah. Queen Alina, yeah. Like, and it's just like, oh, it's actually him like ha 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 and it's it, it's not an attempt to fully erase the past mm-hmm. of queen alina's rule but is instead a, like a very like oh yeah read the label see mm-hmm. she's not here anymore yeah remember this <laughs> jeez uh but then the other time we see her name in this episode the other time that she is proclaimed is like in vibrant beautiful colors on this boat oh yeah which is named the queen alina yes yeah, yeah. So the other, like, thread of this, obviously, is Sonic's Fear of Water, which is the only thing from the video game that makes it into every single... uh, And the funny thing is that it's not even, like, canonical in the video game. Sonic has no problem jumping into water. It's just they're mapping the the player's frustration of, like, handling Sonic in water into a character trait for Sonic. And it's so funny that it continues to pervade like this, that, like, how upset you get having to use Sonic underwater (laughs) has become his fear yeah and the anxiety of that song like the music and the and the the countdown to to drowning in the game and all of that Mm -hmm. like you do feel it every time swim why would we want to do that so over the course of this episode (laughs) sonic tries to overcome the challenge of like I can't get in the water, but I do need to save my friends. Yes. And since Sonia and Manic team up with Captain Squeech to go out on the water and try to find out what's under there to prove that it's a submarine and not a sea monster, yeah, uh, Manic sets up his drum kit to do like a fake, uh, not fake, just a makeshift sonar system yes. where he's going to like tap the cymbals and then listen to the waves to see how big something is because apparently his hearing is like just with headphones on is good enough to tell the shape of things and their Mm -hmm. distance based on the echo underwater which is amazing he has the percussive equivalent of perfect pitch Mm -hmm. um and he can (laughs) he he knows what kind of drum he's hitting and whether it's in tune but he Mm -hmm. also knows like while he's the implication here is that while he's drumming he can like see the bodies of every person in the audience with his eyes closed yeah and this is somebody i mean honestly that would put even more uh stock in the fact that he's the original seed for earthbenders in yes. the uh in avatar because he does have his earthbending magic <laughs> and then he also can close his eyes and hear exactly <laughs> what everyone is doing and where they are based on playing the drums oh, wow so remember, he is the original toff remember when he played the drums and like a like lifted a huge boulder to hit a dragon to hit a dragon mm-hmm, I remember do. that's the same show as this <laughs> Was that they were in like a parallel like <laughs> VR universe, right? That was wild. What? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Because the because the ma- the magicians, the magic people that were training them, just teleported them to this place where there was a castle and a dragon, and then teleported oh, them back. Yeah, I don't think it was VR. 
Yeah, but we uh, that's just what we called it. It was, it, more, of we it was, was more of an more of an arg than a ver. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we never have that elemental battle system has not come back no. since then. I love how loosey goosey this show is with its powers. Like this is so inventive. Mm-hmm. Like they're not relying on establishing. Uh, oh, this is what they do with their powers. Instead, mm-hmm. they I think recognize that th- that it's all kind of like baloney. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we might as well just like invent new. Like, what else can we do with sound? Like, there's got to be a whiteboard <laughs> in the office in the writers' room. Are they going like, okay, sonar? Um, is a bat like different from sonar? Is a dolphin different from that? These are all sound things. <laughs> I don't know. Just put it all in there. <laughs> The so Zonic goes on top of a lighthouse to try to contact his friends to let them know that he he found out it definitely is a submarine and that it is heading for their ship. Yes. Um. The uh, so he goes on top of a lighthouse and at first he gets an umbrella to cover the lighthouse and try to make it blink. Sonia and Manic both think, "Oh, the lighthouse is blinking. Cool, <laughs> cool." <laughs> and, then, and then he gets a big megaphone and tries to yell their names. Like he just goes, "Yeah." <laughs> Manic, <laughs> and he does that over and over. But we, the only person we see actually hear him is Captain Squeege, who's like, "Oh, must be a storm coming." Yeah, he thinks it's just a foghorn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Sonic is running up and down the spiral staircase of this uh, lighthouse, trying to contact them. When he gets confronted by some swap bots, and yep. honestly, these swap bots have been following him around for like half the episode, and they can't effectively do anything no they are standing in front of a door and he very easily tricks them to sneak by every time they try to catch up to him he like knocks them off another tower or ledge Uh it's very very easy for him to not even notice that they're there really and it's a good running joke yeah and i like when he's on the like he tries to take like a speedboat to try to go out they they get on the boat they're shooting at him and the way he says just like come on guys Like, he knows that there's no way they're going to shoot him, and they still persist. They're going to make me destroy another billion dollars of robotic equipment. Oh, man. Come on, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, that's all good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, The drawings of when he's running up and down the interior of the lighthouse are pretty cool. There's, like, a shot of the spiral staircase. And And it shows his, like, blue streak swirling up and down. Which um, is sort of visually consonant with the whirlpool imagery that's used later in the episode oh yeah that's really interesting spiraling and you know sort of Mm -hmm. coming coming up and down which like would you say that that's a um a potential physical manifestation of the way that his like anxiety around water feels i think it's like lost in that yeah yeah he's like spiraling out of control like it's Mm -hmm. a it's a yeah yeah it's not like they they do dwell on like particularly the lighthouse like animations because mm-hmm. they clearly like it and <laughs> show him like going down and going back up and it looks really cool, but it's 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 almost hypnotic, yeah, in that way. And this whole episode has a just like a dark, dreamy quality that I don't remember feeling in all of the episodes, mm-hmm. but they are all kind of weird. They're definitely all strange, but the, this one manages to seem like more abstract and weird but also more like specifically written than i remember some of these episodes being yeah like the jokes are really really clear most of the time some of the some of his some of sonic's lines are still a little strange (laughs) um but the jokes are uh pretty clear and the overall 
construction of it is really really solid even yeah. though it's like dealing in this like darker more abstract visual sense yeah and trying to talk directly to this like like the song right the mm-hmm. song that they they save until the last like few minutes of the episode usually it's like halfway through or i don't maybe not maybe is it always kind of toward the end you know it's been a long time since we watched sonic underground and it so really I don't d- really remember everything. so far it has depended so there right. are um there are some that are like right at the beginning and there are yeah. some kind of in the middle but okay. for the most part they've been like finale conclusions so, okay cool cool well the song that they play is mm, maybe my least favorite of the songs as i remember them now because they pull out their like you know their rock and roll drums guitar and keyboard and mm-hmm. then produce just like sounds like what kind of sound is it? i want to like click and listen again and try to see if i can come up with a good let's see you gonna play it yeah about that let's jam before they ram <laughs> It's, it's like MIDI a, brass instruments. Yes, like a MIDI muted trumpet. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like <laughs> sounds like the latter work of cursive. Um, <laughs> sick burn. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's just like real silly. But the line, it's the like line a, is literally just like, "You gotta face your fears." Yeah. <laughs> the whole song. There is one really good um, line in it. That says, show what you're scared of, what you're made of. Yeah, that's thought, pretty good. I think that's, like, pretty nice. That's, like, yep. beautiful. Oh, um, I didn't dislike the sentiment at all. It's just, like, oh, this episode, yes, very clearly about fear. Yeah. And it's and it's various manifestations of fear. And Sonic, kind of, the show is very often kind of about what people are afraid of or, like, the, the stakes are pretty high or whatever. But, like, yeah, this is very, very clearly, like, hey, just do, you know, even if you're afraid of water. You got to get on that boat sometimes. And I like the way that it's tied to like, because the, the idea of protection money, right. Is about, uh, is about avoiding the actual problem to remain comfortable, right? Like the, it is about saying, okay, I will pay this person that's causing the issue so that I can move on with my life and like treat it normally, but I'm not going to try to stop the person that's causing the issue. And so the idea of facing your fear actually maps really clearly onto that. I think it's a, because avoiding your fear and like creating a like life that like never comes near water does like leave you more comfortable but it doesn't face the actual issue which mm-hmm. is that you are being extorted by the water yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly right yeah the you know i don't know if uh you know this but like everybody's afraid of stuff wow like we all have fears yeah and <laughs> some of us some of us are afraid of uh the board game break the ice uh-huh. and its construction yep some of us are afraid of foil on muffins and some of us are afraid one of, of those is definitely dumber than the others but uh, i'm not gonna say which one sometimes you can be afraid that you know if you haven't recorded a podcast in eight months that you're not gonna be able to even do it <laughs> that but it's they, maybe gonna be really bad it's when gonna you be do bad it. but it's not you know it may not be the best one you've ever made but it's not the worst <laughs> <laughs> You got to do it anyway. Like, yeah, you just got to do it. We get hung up on 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 all kind of stuff, and and it's okay to it's okay to very plainly state like, yes, you're afraid. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You got to face it. And uh, one of the things I like about this episode, and that I I don't know, maybe Sonic Underground was always like this, but I wasn't tuned into it, hmm. is that I do think this is the first time that the 
like subplots and the overall plot and the song all sort of work together for me pretty well. Yeah, because looking back on it, at least I recall how often we've said like there were about there were like three different plots in a given episode. Yes. That just all happened <laughs> and didn't present an obvious cohesion, but this one did. It maps together really well, and even the action in it uh, mapped really well. I, I was reminded of, uh, lately I've been watching a lot of the show Hilda. I don't know if you've seen any of it yet. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but people are saying nice things. The like, It's based on a graphic novel series, and the general idea is that this girl, there's this girl that has grown up kind of in the wilderness with her mom, and so she spends a lot of time with monsters mm-hmm. who have a bunch of different problems, and she like helps them. And uh, those episodes are, the way that they are written is so, so like tightly wound around themselves so like there is a subplot that lines up perfectly with the overarching plot that also connects to like what she is dealing with I've, yeah something with the monster problem is always tied to a real life problem of hers cool and uh those things all come together in the action and in the emotions to create like a really really interesting and really well done script every time mm-hmm. um and this is the closest that i've seen maybe not always because i know sonic x did a good job a lot of the time too but yeah at least with sonic underground this is the closest i've seen to an episode that felt like really specifically crafted even if the song ended up being like kind of bad and kind of on the nose yeah and and there's still plenty of like time and room to just kind of be all over the place <laughs> like but but it was good yeah uh, I've been thinking about the episode with Cyrus and the children and how the song in that one was basically a, like, I believe the children are the future. And how the only purpose it really served was just to make Cyrus feel bad. Like, that was why it was there, was to be like, Cyrus, you need to stop betraying these actual children. Huh. Yeah. Um, but it didn't tie very well into, like, what was actually happening in the episode. The fact that there were kids in this place was just sort of like a, like a stakes-raising yeah. thing. And then they tried to throw in, like, a feel-good song about how kids are a big deal in the middle of it which like you don't need to tell this is a kid's show like you don't need to tell kids that kids are the future well i mean it can't hurt <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> can't hurt to rem- sometimes reminding um stating out loud things that seem obvious you know there's a kid born every day who doesn't know that children are the future that's true they might grow up just thinking like oh i guess i'm kind of just like happening I now guess, but my I role isn't now. really like going forward in any particular way could, or at least could I, I possibly be the past I never even thought of it gosh i think mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean well now that you say that i think about how many like kids in middle school and high school said like i was born in the wrong decade yeah and yeah. i'm like oh man you think you're the past and you don't know you're the future that's exactly right that's exactly yeah. right and the problem isn't that you, you should have been born at a different time it's that we should have like a better society Mm-hmm. And I promise that any of those times you would have also been having a bad time. Yep. It's not. Oh, I think oh, I was born in the wrong time because I would like to wear high waisted boots. I know. It's like a, I just, <laughs> was some like a high school student in the theater department in Georgia saying that they really wish <laughs> born as a, like a flapper. It's like, yeah, Georgia would not let you do that. No, you, uh, you, it wouldn't have been good down here. <laughs> <laughs> You would not have had any fun. Don't think you would have been doing a lot of flapping. Probably not a theater department for you. <laughs> oh boy, Ugh, I I want to make I want to make it clear that I'm making fun of myself here. Yeah, that and is me a, and Sam yeah. here. Um, <laughs> that desire, that illusion of like, oh, things were better in the past, or we should make it better. That's a big mm-hmm. big problem for us in so many ways right now too. Um, yeah. Sorry to talk about pro- problems, but I'm going to. Um. No, 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 totally. <laughs> I think. Um, 
but I think something that I want to do more of on this show as we move forward, yeah. these are like our, we're doing Sonic Underground as like our practice run up to talking about some new stuff. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Sounds um, like it. And something I want to do more on the show when we get to our new season mm-hmm. is talk more about how the construction of the episodes like lines up with storytelling we are seeing overall. Mm-hmm. And I know that we already do a lot of that, but especially talking about like in a very specific sense, like how is this construction different from the kinds of shows that we're watching now? And okay. how is it like uh, connected to it? Yeah, because I'm finally catching up on Adventure Time. You started mm-hmm. season seven of that. And some of those episodes are, are just absolutely wild in yeah. what they accomplish in less than half the time of a Sonic Underground episode. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of like clear prog- like progress and revision and understanding of how to like orchestrate a very compact story that mm-hmm. some people are doing extremely well. And I'm very interested to watch Hilda see how that works in there but i I also wonder if if it has to do with both like learning how to tell a compact story but also like taking seriously the stories that they're telling kids in the first place right right that like you get an episode like this and you can tell that the writers have really thought about like okay i do want to tell a good story for these kids like i want to do something really solid and then sometimes you feel like okay they wanted to like animate a couple ships exploding yeah and so they made they made it work for that yeah um and adventure time is a really great example of one that kind of never leans in that direction like it never is like we're doing this just because we want to do this like, i disagree with that a little bit they definitely yeah. do some stuff just for the sake of like wow that's hilarious or like <laughs> what a weird monster we just drew yeah but the, and they definitely have episodes that are less cohesive and like you know just a little more out there mm-hmm. and it also started with what feels like more of a diffuse like let's just explore this world and, and see what these funny people are about and That's some true. catchphrases and stuff. And it found its footing and its organization like later in the process. So here we are, you know, uh, like what, a year and a half after we first started talking about Sonic Underground mm-hmm. and we're on episode 10 <laughs> of like 40. Yeah. Like, so, it, and that we've recognized, we feel like they're just kind of just throwing stuff at the wall and trying to make stuff happen and, telling whatever parts of stories you could do and that the mm-hmm. production process would have been very different when this show was being made than it is now and all that. So anyway, we can we can give the show uh, uh, plenty of credit for being uh, inventive and funny and saying yeah. some genuinely weird stuff and then being like, well, okay, so as the show's progressing, now you're 10 episodes in, telling a more coherent story, good. And like planting the seeds for all human culture. And, and like, that's the for thing that, it too. really needs to be, yeah. That's the thing, too. And I really feel like I'm more of a Sonic Underground than an Adventure Time, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like, my story's not cohesive. You don't know what you're going to get out of me. But I have invented a lot of human culture. Yeah. It's, not, it's like Adventure Time is really, really polished. And I just don't, you know, yeah. I can't really associate with that. I don't feel that <laughs> in me. What cartoon do you think you are the most? Oh, man. <laughs> what, car- what cartoon of am the I Sonic the shows? Which one, like. Oh, of the Sonic shows. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's narrow it down. So we've got Sonic Underground, Sonic X. Because I have my, I know which one you are, but which one oh, do you think you are? The Sonic Underground, Sonic X, Sad AM. What else have we watched? The, um, um, the Adventures of Sonic. Oh, yeah. We watched the that Avengers. a little bit. There's the opening animation for Sonic Mania. <laughs> the Sonic OVA. The OVA, which I think might be the one that I am the most, yeah. is the OVA. You are the OVA. <laughs> <laughs> Anime bullshit. You are, oops. <laughs> Anime nonsense. Don't and 
<laughs> and also there's a robot in it yeah and there's a robot in it and the fashion is good and uh and the you know it ramps up in a ridiculous way mm-hmm. the, the power escalation unbelievable and every time i talk to you i have to like like have this conflict where like a robot crawls into lava and it's just like no <laughs> Before the, the podcast crawls into lava, and you're like, "No, get out of there!" It's, and like, it's like, like, "Let me die! Let me die! Let me be bad! If I can't be a good show, I won't be a show. I want to be the only show. I am podcast. You're the real two show. Oh gosh, I actually just got because he, he says I am Sonic, right? Or does he say you're you're Sonic? How does that end? Either way, my, either way, it's rough. My heart just like broke all over. I again. know. I am the real Sonic. <laughs> rip metal sonic rip metal sonic come oh, back man. to me all right um i guess that's it for this episode of your two show thank you so much for joining me uh remotely over the internet caleb thank you nicholas and thank you everyone that's listening for joining us for this like chill ease and return to our podcast yeah we're just happy you know what thanks for being here thanks for for being willing to like we're gonna we're, we're ironing out a little bit of like technical i don't want to say i'm um, Mm-hmm. What do I want to say? Well, I mean, this this was like a perfect episode that is like now going on the list of like some of the best episodes like, we've ever done. So like, I don't want to make it content. sound like we're we're like disappointed in it or no, anything. No, I mean, I don't have anything to apologize for. But I mean, we I- are, <laughs> but we are uh, going to do this format, this sort of like relaxed doing some stuff that we've done before, talking about Sonic Underground for a few episodes at least, mm-hmm. maybe the next like five four or five yeah, we're not sure like exactly yeah and then we are uh planning on transitioning into talking about a f- some other stuff some not sonic related stuff yeah um oh. i know which is uh very scary uh we we plan on not completely like getting rid of the sonic side oh, no, of no, no. our uh podcast because we still really love talking about sonic but we're hoping to have a show that covers a lot of ground that'll let you like bring in your friends and like have more people that like maybe aren't as into Sonic as we are, but might want to talk about some other classic kids media. Yeah. Maybe some other cartoons because we've learned that we like reflecting on our time uh, away and, and what mm-hmm. we wanted to do going forward is the thing that we've, um, we love Sonic, but we feel like we've covered a lot of ground mm-hmm. on Sonic. And what we really have enjoyed and developed a sort of toolkit for is talking about, uh, little chunks of narrative and that kind yeah. of thing. So and especially television. Yeah. Like television itself has become the most obvious, like uh, accessible to you guys and accessible to us, like way kind of media for us to attach. Plus we're called your two show. We're not called your two game. So <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. It's hard to talk about a video game in this format, but mm-hmm. we might, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we just want to try some new stuff and we hope that you'll come along with us and, and keep hanging out and see how it goes. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, the, the world is our uh, oyster. If only we're brave enough to dive down and grab it, you know. <laughs> and we, uh, we, we'll go. We'll face our fears. We'll get that oyster. We'll get the pearl inside the oyster, mm-hmm. and we'll also be in contact with you every step of the way, so you'll know what's going on. You can get pearl. I'll get diamond. <laughs> okay, we, cool. But I like. I don't love Palkia. Is the problem? Well, I'd rather we do a different one. But I mean, it's not. We're not doing Pokemon. So anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's enough. Hey, that's enough. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who, like, wrote us a nice letter or sent us some tweets over the last year to tell us how much you have enjoyed and appreciated the show. We it's have been not- very touched every single time, and it means a lot to us. And, um, you know, 
sorry it took so long (laughs) it's and it's also not a lie to say that like the fact that you guys said that to us and like sent us tweets or whatever or sent us emails um really did play a part in us like deciding to do more yeah like it, it directly told us like oh yeah you made a thing that people liked yeah oh okay even though it's been kind of stressful and we've both been all over the place and and had our own things to deal with and now we got to set up a different kind of thing like it's worth it it's totally worth it there are people <laughs> out there who care <laughs> Uh, and it's also nice because I get to see you, Nicholas, I even though I'm on a different part of the country. Uh, miss you every day, but I'm glad we can have this time together. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, to, as always, tweet us at your two show. Thanks to uh, Dave Duncan, Duncan and, and Goodnight, Goodnight Productions. Productions for our theme song. <laughs> And, uh, which is Hydrocity Zone. Uh-huh. And is Bulby involved in this project? Sometimes Bulby pops up. We use Bulby's <laughs> tracks. I don't know. You know, t- to all to all the tracks and all the creators, just, we just want to say thank you. <laughs> to all the tracks I've loved before. Thank you, Bulby. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's... I guess that's it. Those are the credits? Yeah. Who are you? My, I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt. Oh, and I'm Nick Splendor. And, and you're too... Under the show, bum bum. Under the Under show, but um bum. I just watched my cat Cricket. I left the door cracked. She was in here. I knew she wanted to get out, but I didn't leave it open. She stood up on her hind legs, put her paws sideways in the door, pulled the door open, and then went through it. And that's Velociraptor behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's extreme Velociraptor behavior. She's gonna get you one day. Yeah, I got it. I think I gotta shut the door here so she can. Yeah. She's so cute. So cute. Cricket, you're so cute. You want to you want to just be everywhere. All right. Dodged. Cricket. <laughs> I got to Nick yeah, is right now looking trying to get his podcast here, going, but he has to get the cat out of the way first. Come here, little baby girl. Daddy's got to do his nerd show. Okay, bye. This is what he sounds like at home all the time. <laughs> this is always what he sounds like. <clears throat> He puts on a fake voice for the podcast. Okay, oh, what? hi. What? Hey. Hi, what? Hey. What are you? I was just I was just hanging out and talking to our friends about you. Mm, uh-oh. <laughs>